0: Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.
1: In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Cocaine Cowboys, the deadly rise of Ireland's drug lords. The live show is on sale now. We're on the road on February 10th at the Lime Tree Theatre in Limerick. February 15th in Cork's Everyman Theatre and on Sunday 18th we're back at Dublin's Three Olympia. April takes us to Galway's Town Hall Theatre, Killarney's INEC and Belfast's Waterfront Studios. Check mcd.ie or venue for ticket sales.
1: Gassanin's cartel had representatives, I think particularly in Peru, where a number of, of Bosnians have been arrested, and they seem to have been heavily involved in the transportation of drugs from Peru to Europe in particular. Could he say, I'll, I'll serve my sentence in a prison in Dubai, or does he have to be brought back? But certainly he's consenting to this process, and this is, is a plea deal done.
0: I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World. A podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Bosnian mob boss Eden Gassinen is reported to have cut a deal with the Dutch prosecutors and accepted a seven-year prison sentence. The incredible plea bargain means that he will serve just a few years for smuggling an extraordinary 2,400 kilos of cocaine. Gassanen is one of the members of the European super cartel headed up by Daniel Kinnahan, and he made his negotiations from Dubai where he remains on bail. Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about the secret deal with a mob boss. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. It was a little bit like Lanigan's Ball, the information we were getting about the Balkans mob boss Eden Gassanen over the past year or so, yeah. he was arrested in Dubai. He was released. He was back out on the streets. He was arrested again. We just didn't know what was going on. Now it turns out he's cut a deal with the Dutch.
1: Yeah. He's cut a deal with the Dutch, but it doesn't seem clear uh, if he's going to be extradited to face it or is it a kind of a nominal sentence? So which yeah, that's
0: what I was going to start off with. Where is he?
1: Well, I mean, as far as we know, he remains in, in Dubai. Um, so... He's obviously speaking to the Dutch authorities through through solicitors uh, from Dubai. In fact, he were speaking about about all I suppose because there was uh, reports emerged this week that he'd been uh, sentenced, given a seven year sentence for a range of drug trafficking offences, and also fined one million euros, uh, which is a significant enough amount of money. Um, to a normal person, to a normal person, and during that court hearing, he appeared by video link. Um, presumably from Dubai. It was a, basically a plea deal, um, and, which he's accepted mm. and done a deal with, with, with Dutch prosecutors mm. through a solicitor there. So it's 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 a funny one, isn't it?
0: It's a really strange one. So Gassanen obviously is one of the members of the European super cartel that we're talking about a lot, um, headed up by Daniel Kinahan, and the group who met at his wedding in the Burj al-Arab in 2017. And the others that were there would have been Ridu and Taghi in jail in the Netherlands. Johnny Morrissey. Having gone through a huge big trial
1: there, still awaiting the end of that, the Marengo. Um, but Johnny Morrissey and of course Raphael Imperiale, who's who's also been in the news Recently, uh, he would have been uh, uh, a mafiosa, I suppose, from 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 the southern part of Italy. And he has also he's also he has been extradited and is currently on trial in. What's the gig with the island with him? But the island is. um, (laughs) So I don't know if you remember. I Feel it. like we
0: know these people now. Well, Raphael I do. I'm sure
1: call. he. Yeah, I'm sure they don't feel the same about no, us. Who the hell we are? So if you remember, and I'm I'm probably going to get bits of this wrong, but in Dubai, sometime around the turn of the century, um, some developer came up with this idea to build the world. Yes, the world map. Yeah, and every every country would be a little island that would be sold off. Um, and the idea would be that it's it's a in in scale is obviously not that big, and that you could buy uh, you know Ireland. Could buy Ireland for example. Yeah. Um, Remember um,
0: writing about it. Yeah, time.
1: yeah, and it, it, it's Dubai actually went through a, a property crash at the same time as us, um, yeah. and at, at two thousand and eight to two thousand and ten, mm-hmm. and the uh, the development ceased at that point. And um, so it's kind of never been fully completed. The some world, of it, did some of it not sink? But some of it was beginning to sink or I don't know if it actually sank, but it felt that if you started building villas yeah. on it or whatever, it would sink. So I don't think it actually sank, but it kind of half sank. But anyway, Raphael Imperiale bought Taiwan. Oh my God. Right now. And uh, they actually had a plan for what it was going to look like. I, I saw the the uh, the the artist's design or the the architectural design. So he bought it off the plans. He bought it off the plans. He bought the property, and the idea was to build. I think it was six to eight of these kind of ultra sort of uh, mansion-style villas. Yeah, and that's what would be on it. And in theory, I suppose people would would rent them out, or he would live there. Yeah. So that's the sort of size of it. It, it featured these sort of eight sort of super modern villas, but they've never been used. Never been so built. So
0: Taiwan, but no, never been built. So he no, has there's only the,
1: there's only a couple of bits of it. I think the Lebanon
0: he actually essentially has the land registry. He is the with land. Taiwan. Yes. I wonder, did he pick Taiwan or was it all that was left?
1: I don't know, but I mean, it's it's he has handed it or offered to hand it over to Italian prosecutors, yeah. saying it's worth seventy million. Big deal. Handing
0: over something that doesn't exist. Exactly,
1: and I think that's that's there's a sense coming back from the prosecutors. It's not worth anything yeah. because nothing is ever going to be bad built investment. there. Investment
0: isn't that typical. Well, yeah, yeah. He so, of course liked his little bit of bling. Yeah. Raphael Imperiale, hadn't he a couple of Van Gogh?
1: He did. Well, yeah, acquired by other means. They I were
0: acquired by other means, but nonetheless he had them in, in his Italian mansion. He, he seems to be a really big spender, really sort of yeah. a brash kind of a flash guy, who's now, of course, helping the Italian state because yeah. he's gone state witness as such. There seems to be the first level of his the information he's giving. Appears to be um, about the local kind of Camorra.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's being, mafia. Yeah, he's been prosecuted by the yeah, it's the Camorra, and and there's there's factions within that that he he's associated with one of the factions in particular. Um, Nobody seems to be
0: clearly able to answer the question of is he going to is he likely to give evidence against the likes of Daniel Kinahan and his his partners? The last time I think you were speaking with Floor. Wolfen as well. And she was saying that he was in a process where he was basically giving up all his sins. And that is what's normal for people going into witness protection and turning state witness. They have to literally tell everything they've ever done in order to get that deal. And that can take months. It can be, you know, we saw Gary Haggerty there who was uh, in the box in the North recently giving evidence. And there was something like a thousand statements he gave in relation to what he had
1: done. Yeah, I mean, Imperiale is, I think he's looking for 14 years imprisonment. I mm-hmm. mean, that's what he is seeking to get. And in exchange, he's, for example, handing over his Taiwan and yeah. various other other assets that he has. And he's also giving information about how his organisation worked mm-hmm. in Italy. I mean, obviously, outside of the this prosecution that's going on in Italy that's for for offences committed within the Italian state and that's what they're interested in. Mm. Now, as far as I know, and it has been reported in the Dutch media, that as part of his plea deal that he has also agreed to give evidence in, in international cases, if so, required,
0: required. We'll have to queue up for a I Yeah,
1: think. by the Italians. Yeah. So that's, and then obviously at that point he'd already be serving a sentence. So that's, I, whatever he has on other people, in in other parts of Europe are probably not uh, coming to light yet, or um, not even being demanded. Maybe at this point, so that's that's Imperiale. Mm. Taji, we went off on a little bit of a side. We did, track with but, him, we have, but, but I did but, want to ask about the island. But, back, but to I, back to Gassanen. Back to Gassanen. because there's f- sort of four four corners of of the super cartel. Taji, who we've sp- who's spoke about many times, is currently, you know, awaiting uh, a verdict, really, in his trial, Imperiale the same. Now Gassinen has been dealt with by the, by the courts to a lesser extent. I mean, he was the head of what's called the Dino and Tito cartel, isn't it? It was basically, uh, uh, they're Bosnian originally, but Bosnian-Dutch uh, nationality. Mm-hmm. So um, they were operating... Uh, across those two countries initially and um, they've also been in Dubai something a lot as long as the kinahans and they were uh, regarded the super cartel obviously of supplying one third of the cocaine in in Europe. Gassanin's cartel had representatives I think particularly in Peru where a number of people a number of, of Bosnians have been arrested and they seem to have been heavily involved in in the transportation of drugs from Peru to Europe in particular, that seems to have been at least a, a good degree of their speciality. And, um, you know, the Kinnons seem certainly seem to have had the contacts to buy the drugs. But either way, all of these organizations were pooling their resources. And um, Gassinen uh, would have been regarded by, I think he's been formally sanctioned by the U.S., in the same way as the Guineans have. That was and in March. He yes. was sanctioned by the the U.S. Treasury, and, and they um, they I think they referred to him during that sanctioning as one of the biggest uh, narco traffickers in the world. One of the at that most, time. most prolific drug traffickers, yeah, yeah. And that was the
0: uh, U.S. Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control OFAC. Yeah, um, described him as that. So you know, with all that going on in the background with them being identified at the wedding with Daniel Kinahan, with everything. It feels like seven years jail
1: is very, very little. It does seem very little. um, And why plea deals occur and why they don't occur uh, is, is, is probably to do with the level of evidence that is available to the state who are prosecuting the cases. So we've seen this in Ireland all the time where certain charges will be brought against people maybe a murder charge and as it comes to court that person will plead guilty to a lesser charge for example conspiracy to be involved in something um and the state make that decision on the basis of what evidence is available to them um, the encro chat uh, evidence um has been routinely accepted in dutch courts for the most part um however um They may feel that they don't have evidence of of other crimes to do with violence or whatever. He Certainly, um, there is enough, though, that Kassanen didn't feel comfortable in in fighting the case, obviously.
0: And you'd sort of, in a way, when you see these guys being sanctioned by the US Treasury, being described as one of the world's most prolific drug dealers, you'd like to think there's other stuff coming for them and that that's not it. Yes, it could be. You know what I mean? Money laundering or directing a criminal organisation. I have some contacts, some other media people who are in various regions who we keep in contact together and we pass one another little pieces of information that might be of interest to us a little bit train spotting-y, maybe <laughs> but um yeah this was up and active yesterday um so Mirza Gassanan who
1: is the He's the cousin of, of Eden Gassanen. Gassanen.
0: Yeah. And they seem to have sort of split in a way. They are no well, he longer... Was, yeah,
1: he was certainly part of like a key member of that organisation, but he seems to have Mirza, who's his cousin, seems to have believed that he was going to be killed by by Gassanen and seems to have done interviews and maybe uh, participated in the justice system, I suppose, if you want to call it that. But
0: he is serving four years yeah. in prison and um, I think he has been... Actively accused, and certainly the organisation, shall we say, has been accused of being very friendly with political, certain political leaders in Bosnia Herzegovina.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, 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 if you can read it, you can read in the papers in Bosnia. Uh, Kassanin has uh, he obviously was spent a lot large, large time of his life in in Holland, but he was returning. Uh, Once he went to Dubai, he doesn't seem to have come back to the Netherlands at all, but he does seem to have returned periodically to Bosnia. Mm -hmm. And when he would land in Bosnia, um, rather than, you know, maybe facing uh, police attention, he was being collected by Secret Service army people, uh, Mm -hmm. escorted, given security the whole time throughout. And there's there's, uh, there's allegations of connections with very high up political figures. Uh, Bosnia, of course, had, had been a troubled part of the world, everybody will know about. And certainly the suggestion is. Yeah. As one of the biggest drug traffickers in the world, he became fabulously wealthy, um, and that there was certainly allegations of corruption surrounding mm. him. There, we have pictures of him, of course, in Dubai, uh, Gassan and you can see him. Uh, he was like like Daniel Kinnahan. He seems to have been a fan of of uh, the, the the fighting scene. Um, he seems to have spent a lot of time with uh, being trained with UFC Mm. fighters all the time going around with very heavy uh, bodyguards Meatheads meat. uh, yeah yeah military Meatheads types (laughs) Nicola (laughs) might even be Um, you know You love uh, that word I do I do I like like an El Meathead (laughs) Um, So that's that's he he, And funny enough it's,
0: it's the bodyguards that you know certainly journalists have been able to have sort of made drawn the connections between the political class and the criminal underworld through the sort of the bodyguards and the security yeah. personnel and who they've been photographed with and there's been a the minister actually photographed with one of his bodyguards and yeah, yeah. so there's so, a very sort of complicated murky mixing mm-hmm. of politics power and. You know, yeah. Well, of course, again.
1: if you're talking about people that are that fabulously wealthy, and you have a country where there is is a degree degree of instability and poverty, mm. you know, money can be very a very corrupting influence. There's no doubt about that. Um, so, what happens next? It's not clear. I mean, the fact that he appeared by video link. Mm. Uh, it, to the court is unusual. I don't know if that means then he consents to extradition. Um, Because our understanding is he's not even
0: in in, uh, custody in Dubai. He was arrested in 2022 mm -hmm. and very quickly was let go.
1: Yeah, he was allowed out on bail. On a
0: kind of a sort of, you know, in a way he's possibly not allowed to leave Dubai. Yeah. Um, So Again, fabulously wealthy people.
1: Yeah, it seems to be. um, And of course, like, you know, I don't know, we don't know what the judicial system in Dubai is like. Um, Could he he say, I'll, I'll serve my sentence in a prison in Dubai? Uh, or does he have to be brought back? But certainly he's consenting to this process, and this mm. is is a plea deal done. There does seem to be uh, not a huge amount of information. No doubt more will come out. Yeah. But uh, I suppose if you do look at it on another way, you have that's he's the... He's the there's only one uh, wing of that super cartel that hasn't now come before the courts uh, and is now not facing... Uh, a prison sentence for sure. And that's the Kinnahan wing of it. And maybe their day will be coming. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's... Isn't
0: it extraordinary how everything sort of, you know, you have this massive big world out there and, you know, you talk about them in various regions and the cocaine moving and, you know, you picture the globe and how like big the world is, yet they have managed to sort of... Um, get their tentacles into quite strange parts of it. But everything comes back Hmm. to Amsterdam, to to the Netherlands. Yeah, that's where it's all goes back to where all these guys appear to have, first of all, met, made their deals you know, planned out their future. Yeah, they're like, they're kind of like a, a, a... They got their life coaching there, th- you know. Yeah, they're
1: kind of like tech bros, aren't they though? Yeah. Like where they yeah. all, uh, you know, Zuckerberg yeah. and Elon Musk, yeah. and they're all of a certain age, a certain background, they a certain, are, yeah. they all came from, uh, you know, they all ended up in California. And it's something equivalent, I suppose, happened in the cocaine world to guys in their 20s who hit, who hit the, who like the tech bros, shot the, mm. shot the prominence at a similar time. Um, but their day is, is passing. And the other
0: thing, just before we move on from that, the other thing I think that links them that's very clear is they all are leaders of these groupings that are very tight familial yeah. groupings. Yeah, And that's what's made them so powerful because it's very difficult to break through from a law enforcement enforcement point of view. Family, gangs, you're trying to get through blood, yeah. You know what I mean? Very difficult to turn insiders, to to get informers, to to get people out of the organization or to break into it indeed when you're not yep. part of that grouping. Um yeah. They all, each and every one of them, including the Kinahan organization, are a sort of a tight band of brothers.
1: Yeah, they've relied on on a small group of people. Um, um but you can see as well um the kennans certainly there's been other articles written this week in other european publications and you can see while while they were all heavily involved in the drug the drug aspect of it you can see the kenan organization became more deeply embedded in the management of the money i think mm-hmm. than the others um the movement of that money and i think the the they were offering those services. Yeah. And in a funny way that gave them links into civil society, maybe that the that Taji, for example, didn't fully have um, and maybe that's given them a degree of protection in Dubai, where money really does grease a lot of wheels, mm. whether it gives them the ultimate protection that they'll avoid prosecution in Ireland. It has to be doubted that it will. But I think that has made it slightly more complicated in that the Kinnhans at least had ties within this state to people, to people within that world and also to, in ties to, mm. to, to business in a way, I don't think that the others did so much.
0: It's interesting, um, you know, when you look back to 2010 to Operation Shovel in May of 2010, you know, largely based, I mean, it was a multi-agency takedown, it was called, of the kinahan organisation. Most of the activity happened around the Costa del Sol. And at that point, the uniqueness of the organization was that they were a one-stop shop, they called them. They were a drug dealing outfit, but you could also put your money back in and they'd wash it for you. Yeah. And that was really what was the kind of the big take takeaway from that. But you were a Paul, you'd wonder, you know, it was younger then, obviously, as a, a group of cooperating police forces. There was definitely a lot of problems with that uh, Operation Shovel. It backfired completely. It empowered the Kinahans to become bigger and better. But they knew something about them. But I wonder, did they know exactly how big they were becoming at that point? Did they not really know what they were going for? Did they not really realise how vast the organisation had become? And obviously the man at the top of it then, Christy Kinahan, Sr., the type of mind they were dealing with there.
1: I think they were, again, they were very regionally focused. I think the Spanish police were Obviously, and and for obvious reasons, they were focused on what was happening in Spain. But these organizations became, and they are obviously formally declared transnational crime groups. And I think the the, the criminals themselves were thinking uh, no borders to use a, a phrase mm. that's become popular, they were thinking across the borders. And it's only in recent times that you've seen these these police forces, while they would have cooperated even back in 2010, but the idea of prosecuting across borders, I think, you know, maybe they had a while to catch up with, mm. with, the, with the criminal organisations who just were simply thinking in bigger terms. I
0: think they, d- they did. And I think they also took a long time to realise that they had to trust one another yeah i think it's changed now i think the kinnahans have changed that actually to be honest with you yeah. they've changed the way police go about their business in europe um but they they would have been there still would have been that mistrust there and were they really giving each other the there was always kind of suspicion that the kinnahans had police in their pocket yeah. which indeed they did in yeah. spain in belgium and anywhere they went um not the force i don't mean the police forces but they had individual police in their Corrupt
1: pockets officers yeah, yeah.
0: And um, I think, you know, there was this level of mistrust that maybe the proper information wasn't passed to one jurisdiction to the other, but definitely also, I reckon, you know, in time we can look back on it and maybe Europol didn't know what they were dealing with.
1: No, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they did. I think the, uh, the anchor chat hack has probably really revealed what wasn't known, mm. and it's certainly that snapshot into the, the criminal underworld. I think has been, and and they've said it themselves, has been a surprise for mm. how extent uh, the the extent of it, uh, and also its ties into all sorts of worlds. I think that that probably was an, an eye opening moment mm. for the police forces across across Europe. Finally, ask you, are You haven't sleepless nights yet. Why? Why without, about about the the gigs? About the gigs,
0: yeah.
1: No, because it's it's if it all goes wrong, it'll be you. That'll be the it'll be you. Well, I'll just it. tell
0: you this much. I have polished my first half <laughs> for cocaine <laughs> cowboys. Yeah, I have it polished, yeah. and I am now no longer having sleepless nights about it because it's all been. Drawn up, and we know what we're doing, and myself and Ian are talking about all sorts of audio and visual stuff we're going to do with it. But you and I,
1: yeah, no, I think. But I mean, traditionally, like you know, like the last time we did the gigs, I wanted to let's go through this line by line and do this, and you wouldn't do it, and that that's that's how I get nervous. No, 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 no. Just let it happen, and it'll be grand. And then the only. I said no Nicola will we not go through what we're going to say and you said no I asked Ian who's our who's our producer yeah. and he said you're going to be grand yeah. and that was enough for you
0: <laughs> but yeah but I still think that um, I should do a bit more work you need to put your head in the game with it now a little bit my head's okay. in it you see
1: okay, yeah. I think uh, okay.
0: so if I worried you enough now Give me a little bit of the.
1: Ooh. No, but there's a bit of me, the oppositional part of meetings. I'm definitely not going to do anything now because I've been called out on, you know air. What,
0: on air. You're always called out on air. But you know what will happen, you see, well, in the blink get, of an eye. And, and every turn. time I look at my phone, yeah. there I go again, I get a shock to see what date it yeah. is because December seems to be just flying as it always does. It does. And you know, you get through the week ahead that we're on, and you're really into the homeward straight. And then. We're into January and then you've a few weeks to go and you're gonna be sitting up on that stage grinning. And and I don't think your your shoes are gonna <laughs>
1: <laughs> carry, the carry, 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 carry this.
0: the carry it this time.
1: Okay. Okay, I'll take the uh I'll take the It's just a little you know. Little it's
0: like, you know, with one of the kids when they need to study. Yeah. I'm just just trying. Giving you a little you bit do, of Giving You
1: work for your parents. Care at bedtime. A fear-based parenting, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's always been my way. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I'll be at home tonight, and I'll be reading that Smartars text you sent me about how do planes fly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so there won't, won't be know, any more
0: of those questions.
1: No, I will. I will. I will definitely be further researching. Okay. Right.
0: Anyway, we will. Uh, Thanks, mammy Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>